Today is Sunday, March 21st, 2021, and this... I'm going to take a solo trip to find myself. I'll eat, I'll pray, I'll love. Ladies, I'm going to Vegas! <laughs> is 500 by Midnight, the original Las Vegas podcast, show number 778. I'm just thinking of all the amazing times that we've had here in Las Vegas. I hope that you're having an enjoyable stay here in Las Vegas and also hope that you have been fortunate. I do wish that for you. We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Do you think we can get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! Las Vegas is waiting. Hello, everybody. This is Tim. And this is Michelle. Welcome to 500 by Midnight. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, my allergies are kicking in. Mm. It's the pollening time. So I'm a little uh, stuffy, but other than that, things are splendid. Have I ever used the word splendid before in your presence? I don't think I've ever probably, even... You uh, probably have, sarcastically, at some point. I don't know where point. that came from. Anyway, speaking of splendid, we have some splendid people who support this podcast every week. They are our Patreon patrons. We have a couple new ones, Robert Cavanaugh II and Brian Bounds. Thank you, Thank you. for supporting our podcast. Thank you to all of our patrons. Yes. We uh, we had a lovely live stream chat last night. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, that was splendid. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. I enjoyed it a great deal. I don't know what happened. Like As soon as we jumped on there, I just, I was shot out of a cannon last night. Yeah. I had a lot to say. <laughs> you had a lot. To say it was entertaining. I wasn't expecting that. It just was. Uh, it just I was happened. A, I was inspired by our beloved patrons. So anyway, uh, visit patreoncom slash hundy for all the details. If you'd like to support the podcast, we throw some bonus content your way. As our way of saying thank you, our chats get more and more fun. I enjoy those a great mm-hmm. deal. So I'm glad we're doing those um, every month and a half or so. It's been been good cool. time. Yep. All right, we've got a bundle of news this week to banter about. Let's start with, uh, well, there's not a lot to say about this, but I just want to remind folks that Virgin Hotels Las Vegas is opening this week, March 25th, which is what, Wednesday or Thursday, something like that? Sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be open in a few days. If you have not already, um, you'll probably be, probably be seeing a bunch of stuff online on all of the usual uh, social media locations and Las Vegas news outlets about the new property. Uh, we've discussed some of the restaurants and things like that, but um, definitely look forward to checking it out. That, of course, is in the former Hard Rock Hotel and Casino space. It's been completely renovated. Lots of different restaurants and different casino layout and new rooms and all that. So if you do happen to go soon and would like to share your opinions of it, especially if you um, were familiar with Hard Rock or maybe even a f- big fan of the Hard Rock and you'd like to compare uh, the new place versus the old place, I'd love to hear that. Obviously, they're two different things, but they're in the same location, so there's going to be some comparison. But I'm curious what people think about Virgin once it opens. So there you go. It's good to have new stuff, right? Yep. Hooray. All right. Yay for things opening instead of closing. I know. I know. Again, like I said last week, it's just so awesome to see news about things coming online again, Mm -hmm. and this makes me happy. 
All right. Uh, Hyatt Hotels announced on Thursday that it will be partnering with the relatively new owners of Rio, a company called Dreamscape that we've discussed a few times. So the plans are starting to uh, crystallize a little bit regarding the future of Rio. The, um, the, the resort name will remain Rio, uh, according to, um, I think CDC Gaming got a response on this because there was, at first when this Hyatt announcement came out, there was some confusion about that. Oh. Whether the, the whole property was going to be like branded as Hyatt. Mm-hmm. The hotels will, and we've seen this before. For example, at Resorts World, yep. they have three different Hilton properties uh, that are opening there, but uh, the actual resort property is called Resorts World. A little confusing, but it's become fairly common. There's a lot of that where you have multiple hotels within the same resort complex. So um, this is good news for people who, of course, are, um, you know... Uh, loyalty members. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what Hyatt's loyalty program is called, but people who are members of that and who travel a lot and like to stay at a specific chain, uh, this is a good option. So, mm-hmm. uh, Hyatt Regency is going to be how one of the towers will be branded, and then they will have a separate Hyatt brand that has not yet been announced as one of the others, and the, the two towers, I guess, will be considered separate hotels. I'm not sure if they'll have separate registration or not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but it kind of seems like if they're going to use two separate names, they probably would. Um, pretty much everything else in that property is likely to be renovated as well. There's uh, no timetable for when they're starting, but as we've discussed, Caesars is under contract for another, I think, two years. They Originally, it was up to two years, and then they extended that because of the COVID shutdown. So it's probably going to be 2023 or maybe two, maybe late 2022 at the earliest before um, we start seeing changes. I'm not sure if they'll be able to do renovations like while Caesars is still running it or exactly what the arrangement is. But it'll be a little while before all this happens. Uh, there was also some confusion in, and I guess it's not 100% clear, but there were several references within the articles that came out about this saying that it was unclear whether it would continue to have a casino. Hmm. But they've, they're have they using um, uh, Bill McBeath from Cosmopolitan as a, cosm- as a consultant um, for, for gaming stuff, so... It's highly unlikely they're going to get rid of the casino. Why would they not have a casino? Yeah, yeah. So even though it wasn't addressed in this specific press release, mm-hmm. um, the new owners discussed it previously as they were going through some initial um, gaming control hearings and stuff. So mm-hmm. sounds like they will be having a casino. And for, I mean, that there's... That's a reason to go there. Yeah, and that's such a huge space. Like, what would you even do with that much space right. if you didn't have a casino in there? So, yes, I would expect there to be a casino. So there you go. Things happening at Rio. Do you think it's good that they're keeping the Rio branding? Uh, it depends. Yeah, I, I I suppose there's enough familiarity with it mm-hmm. that whatever they would come up with that would be a new name would probably be lame anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's well-known enough. You may as well. Hopefully, you know, it would be nice if they would do something with that and actually tie in the, the theme, but... That's unlikely since theming seems to have gone out the window entirely and right. shows no signs of coming back. Um, Those of you looking for beads and uh, the return of the parade in the sky? They could do some... I mean, the parade is never coming back, I wouldn't think, but 
they could do some things that wouldn't necessarily be that elaborate that would still be kind of Brazilian themed or carnival themed, but we'll see if they do. Mm -hmm. Speaking of new properties, Resorts World, we've been talking about it every week lately. Uh, This is not an official announcement yet, but it's coming from Billboard Magazine, which is very reliable. And if they're reporting it based on multiple sources, um, I'm not even going to bother with the rumor watch theme because mm-hmm. it's I'm giving it a 90% chance. So it's it's highly likely this is legit. They are announcing that Katy Perry will be one of the resident performers at the theater at Resorts World. And it would begin, uh, her residency would begin later this year and run into at least 2022. Once it becomes official, we'll you know have all the details and I'll do the song clips and we can rejoice mm-hmm. in that for and those. And you can sing along who, and it'll be fun. Maybe. I don't do a lot of singing along anymore. I don't, I think I've lost my singing confidence, <laughs> which was always misplaced to begin with because I'm a horrible singer, but I am guessing. But you've never done drunken karaoke on the strip, so. No, no, you were bolder than I was. I, uh, I hope you destroyed whatever recordings you have of that because I know it was bad. Oh, they're probably buried somewhere deep in the f- folders of my computer here i i forgot that i had recorded those but now that you mentioned it no one wants to hear that trust me um i'm guessing and it would be logical that this would be what it would be called i'm guessing it would be called the the residency will be called katie perry waking up in vegas or something like that Mm -hmm. that would be well suited for having a loose storyline, as sometimes these residencies we've seen, like Lady Gaga and Britney, they've had mm-hmm. some kind of loose storylines that weave the whole show together. I could see that here. Um, I'm not like a huge Katy Perry fan. I like some of her songs. Mm-hmm. I would go to this for sure. Oh yeah. And this is, I think, this is a great, great booking for Resorts mm-hmm. World, because first of all, a good, she's a good fit for Las Vegas. She could easily have played um, Park Theater or Zappos Theater, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, at, at Planet, Planet Hollywood. Um, puts on that type of show, mm-hmm. attracts that type of audience, a younger audience, which is great for Resorts World, a younger by Vegas standards. Right. Um, puts on a big spectacle of a show. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not really very familiar with Katy Perry, you've probably seen her Super Bowl halftime performance and you know the dancing sharks and mm-hmm. all that stuff. That is perfect for Las Vegas. Yes. Just a spectacle and ridiculous like costume dancers and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit just going on. I think she'll do a really good show. Yeah. I think it, for, for Vegas, this is just fantastic. So, yeah, I would go see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, once it's officially announced, we'll discuss it more. Scott Sabella, who continues to uh, do a lot of interviews in the lead up to Resorts World opening sometime this summer said in a, this is a, a kind of another item that came out this week, he said in a Review Journal article that the, the property will be limited smoking. And I think this is a really lame announcement. I mean, it's not like they've made a big deal out of it, but the mm-hmm. fact that this is, so it'll be non-smoking except for the casino. But, like, if you're going to make a big deal out of it, then... Either do it or don't do it. Mm-hmm. Most of the areas, I think by, by re- law, regulation yeah. would have to be not like you can't smoke in the re- in the restaurants for mm-hmm. years. You haven't been able to. So I guess what they're saying is, what the lobby 
and they're not going to have any smoking rooms. I guess that would be it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like okay, that's nice, but either go all in or don't. So there you go. Maybe they're just I, trying to stay in the news. Oh, I'm sure they are. There'll be there'll be all kinds of stuff. Some more interesting than others. Speaking of that, I've been doing some more sleuthing. I am in obsessive sleuthing mode. I'm in like pre-circa uh-huh. type pre uh, sleuthing mode, and uh, found some more stuff this week. It appears again. These are un- these are things that are unannounced, but based on things that I'm finding online, it seems very very likely that these things will come to fruition at Resorts World. And it's another restaurant that we're going to start with, Genting Palace, which there are Genting Palace locations at some of the other Resorts World, other Genting properties worldwide. It appears to be a Cantonese and dim sum restaurant. So if you're into that, it's been around for a long time. Like um, there are other locations. The original one is 1965. So even though this one's brand new, the thing that they registered this is a trademark thing it says established like Mm -hmm. 1965 even though it's Genting Palace Las Vegas that hasn't really been but they can do that apparently there's another this will there be time travel involved in this restaurant to 1965 I don't know should there be I don't know I don't think so (laughs) I'm puzzled by your question just the whole Year the established 1965. Yeah. I was uh, am amused when, and occasionally you'll see a restaurant mm-hmm. do this, where it will be like established and the date's not that far. Right. Like, why are you promoting that you were established in 2014? Is that supposed to be impressive? I guess. Maybe but maybe in Vegas it is because I've seen it doesn't... here locally. I've seen that occasionally too. Yeah. Where, yeah. It's like they just want to have one more thing on their logo, mm-hmm. and that's all they can come up with. I don't know. Huh. Okay, another trademark watch. This one I um, I don't know. This one is a little shakier as far as whether or not this is going to be Vegas specific, but be- because of the timing of the trademark registration and them ramping up their Vegas stuff, I'm guessing this will be something in the new resorts world um, in Las Vegas. It's called Starlight on 66. The categories... Not that- to be confused with Stars on 45. Oh, that would be a horrible venue of any nature. <laughs> um, Starlight, that's a, an obscure reference. What year was that? Was it like a, a medley of It was hits? medley of Beatles. Uh, it, well, it started out with I haven't heard Sugar, it Sugar, decades. and then it went into a bunch of Beatles songs and then ended with like a disco. I mean, Oh, yeah. that's right. It was a disco thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Starlight on 66, which Starlight is kind of a disco-y word. But anyway... Mm-hmm. They've registered it in a couple different categories, so I'm not exactly clear on what it's going to be. I'm guessing some sort of a um, live performance, like a bar with 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 lounge acts, maybe. Because one of the categories is bar and cocktail lounge services, restaurant services, cafeteria, snack bar. They These are vague categories, but I'm guessing it's going to be that. It's also registered under casino services, um, which is gaming services, and entertainment services in the nature of live musical performances, member membership club services. So, so it, I mean, technically it could be their players club, but that's probably not likely. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on it. I'm guessing it'll be a performance, a live performance lounge, but that is uh, something that may be coming to resorts world. I'll continue sleuthing. Some of these are going to be better hits than others. This mm-hmm. week it's kind of like, eh, those are okay, but uh, we'll see what else, what I come up with this week. It's fun. It's fun having a purpose. <laughs> 
Moving you on found to found your special purpose. I have found my special purpose. Moving on to existing properties in Las Vegas that are already open. Cosmopolitan. Always interesting things happening there. And a restaurant we've discussed previously is set to open. There is an opening date for David Chang's Bang Bar at Block 16, part of the, the food hall up there on the second level. Uh, replacing Pock Pock Wing. This is a, uh, a restaurant that serves rotisserie meat, delicious, served on flatbreads. So I look forward to trying this. Mm-hmm. David Chang, of course, Momofuku, Momofuku and other stuff. He does good work. Are we going to go out of our way to try it, or is it going to be one of those, if we're in the area? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know we'll be at Cosmo at That's some the thing. point I think, on a future I th- trip. So. I, think, I think, assuming that we'll be at Cosmo at some point for our next trip, I would probably be inclined, even if I'm not up for a full meal, to like mm-hmm. just grab one to sample it. To Yeah. So we'll see, but... It's, yeah, yeah. I'm happy it's there because I like David Chang's work and seems like something that would be a decent, um, quick option. But uh, whether or not it will be a long-term destination, we will see. I look forward to checking it out, though. A former Cosmo restaurant that we've discussed, of course, is Milos, the Greek restaurant that has recently moved and it has it has opened in its new location. March 15th was the opening date. I forgot to mention this last week. I had three things on my notes from last mm-hmm. week that for some reason I just completely forgot to get to. This was one of them. Uh, yeah, new location at Venetian. And the big question that remained that has been cleared up is whether or not the three-course prefix option would be back, their lunch special. And indeed, it is on the menu. They don't have the price listed on the menu, so I don't mm-hmm. know what it's currently going for. Um. But yes, you can take a look at um, at their website, estiatoriomilos.com, and see what they offer currently for their three-course lunch special since that's been a big hit. But it's good that they're bringing that back. I think that will bring people in. Yep. Also at Venetian, there is a new, uh, it's not open yet, but they're going to be getting a new Italian bakery, according to Eater. It's called Zeppola. So if you're into delicious Italian baked things, that would be your place to go. No opening date. Coming soon. It's part of Grand Canal Shops. It's hard to keep track of all this stuff in Grand Canal Shops. Yeah. They've got a shit ton of restaurants over there at Venetian and Palazzo. All right. um, Downtown Plaza, of course, is uh, always trying new things. And they are going to be, well, there's a few things going on there. Um, Jonathan Jossel, the CEO, has been doing some interviews, and he was interviewed by Las Vegas Weekly, discussed a little bit about the bus station, now the Greyhound is gone, mm-hmm. um, and suggested that they're going to try to use it for some sort of entertainment mm-hmm. venue. Um, not exactly sure what. was. I, I don't think they have it figured out yet, but they're looking into some things. They, don't, they can't actually do anything until July, because Greyhound, even though they've left technically still has the lease, but uh, it'll be a while, I'm sure, before that's renovated. But they want to do more with nightlife, apparently, as well um, as part of their entertainment updates at Plaza. And he said in this interview with Las Vegas Weekly that in the next couple weeks, they will be announcing two new bars at Plaza. So I'm curious to see what that entails. Mm -hmm. I've got to think one of them will be in the former beer garden space, which is, it's been empty for quite a while. Mm -hmm. They've got it. You know, they've got an outdoor, some outdoor space there. A nice view of Circa. Yeah, you can sit outside and look at a nicer place than <laughs> Plaza. 
Um, you know what? We have, we didn't mention this when we were when we were in Vegas in November and we were at the pool at um, at Circa. Plaza makes a really nice backdrop. Like yeah. it's the best Plaza has ever looked. I think just like it looks. They've got their mural on the side, mm-hmm. and it's a cool thing to have. It looks good from the from the pool deck. Yeah, I, I, I like kind of you're sitting in this brand new shiny thing, and you've got a little bit of kind of classic Las Vegas mm-hmm. over uh, across. Um, but you can get the opposite view from whatever they put <sighs> in the beer garden space. I, and then as far as the other space, we'll see. Maybe they're going going to use there was. There's a space now, they call it the Plaza Event Center, which they use for like viewing parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be a, a bunch of different bars. They went yeah. through, they tried to do that mini golf thing, Swingers mm-hmm. Club with Anthony Cools, and then they had a comedy club in part of it for yeah. a while. There's still a stage, I looked at online, there's still a stage, like they didn't completely gut it or anything. Um, so I'm guessing maybe they'll turn that into a bar, but time will tell. I don't know. What, what they've planned there, but we'll keep an eye on the bar announcements at Plaza, adding to their Omaha Lounge and Sports Bar. I think those are their two casino bars now. More downtown stuff. We discussed a few weeks back about how there's a ton of land that is likely to be for sale soon because of Tony Shea's untimely death and his family um, at least weighing their options for all those scattered pieces of property, many of which have not been developed. Um, there will be a lot of speculation about what's going to happen with those individual chunks of land, but um, the guy who founded Spiegel World, which puts on shows like Absinthe and Opium and Atomic Saloon Show, uh, his name is Ross Mollison, and during a Review Journal article in the past week, he said that he is interested in a couple things for downtown, possibly acquiring one of the motels for out-of-town performers, I suppose, mm-hmm. giving them a place to live. They might be able to do something with that. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Functional thing. Doesn't really affect us as tourists, but the other one might. He's interested in perhaps building a performance venue downtown. So we shall see. There was some reference to, at some point um, many years ago, some sorts of talks about Resorts World, I mean Resorts World, about Las Vegas Club, very different Mm -hmm. than Resorts World. Very extremely different. (laughs) About Las Vegas Club partnering with Spiegel World um, when that was still a thing, when Las Vegas Club was still a thing. But there were a lot of reports about them exploring different options like at one point like a cvs and well yeah there was yeah. but like amazing jonathan at one point oh, right. had said he was in discussions to take over the property and retheme it and stuff so i i'm guessing this didn't get very far but um they could do some something interesting western perhaps would be a i don't know i wonder if western like what kind of physical condition that's in if they wanted mm-hmm. to if they wanted to repurpose that they have still, to do a meth sweep <laughs> I wonder if there are people living in there. Possibly. Anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that. It would be nice to see uh, s- something kind of cool and crazy happening, and Spiegel World could certainly do it. All right. Um, last week, we discussed with some puzzlement this, what was it called? Um, I think it was Immersive. Van Gogh or something. Immersive Van Gogh, I think, was the exhibit. And... Uh, I would not expect this is this was a very surprising development. There is a second Van Gogh 
exhibit coming to Las Vegas. <laughs> I think the first one, maybe they rushed it out because they knew this other one was going to be announced because uh, this, this, this one is a temporary thing that is occurring before the July opening of, of the, the one we one. discussed last week in the mystery location they have yet to reveal. This one is Van Gogh, The Immersive Experience, almost the same name. Mm-hmm. It's an exhibit at a venue called The Portal at Area 15. Yes, this makes sense. Yeah, it, it, a good fit for mm-hmm. a good fit for that place. Um, April sixth to July fifth. It's thirty five bucks to get in, and again, it's projected Van Gogh images. Yeah. The fact that there are you. two shows weird of this does not make sense. But the location at Area fifteen makes sense. Yeah, that seems like a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, something I learned this week that kind of helped me understand why this is a thing. Apparently. Th- this concept was featured in a show on Netflix called Emily in Paris. I'm mm-hmm. not, I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Same. So I'm going to guess that somebody named Emily went to this exhibit in Paris <laughs> and people were delighted by it and decided they would like to do that in other locations and thus it's a touring show and popping up in cities across the country and elsewhere and in multiple forms apparently. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a knockoff. Yeah. I think the Area 15 one is a knockoff of the one that was featured on the show. Hmm. I, but that's kind of funny. It's kind of like, wasn't there a, uh, wasn't there a competing, maybe there still is. There's obviously bodies at Valleys, yeah. which was at Luxor for a while. Wasn't there a competing one of those for a while? I think like, so. Like same concept? Yeah. I believe so. Back when uh, looking at exposed corpses was all the rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, another thing I forgot to mention last week, Dream Las Vegas, which is a project that was announced, I don't know, a year or so ago for across from Mandalay Bay. They are going through some, trying to get some preliminary approval for things before they develop that property. I don't even think they've broken ground yet. Uh, It's a boutique hotel and casino and other stuff, a typical Las Vegas resort. Um, But they are facing opposition and objections from the FAA and the TSA due to the proximity to the airport. That chunk of land they have across Mandalay Bay is pretty much the end of a runway. Mm. And so obviously there's going to be some height concerns. That would be one thing. Um, but And that's, I think, what the FAA is saying. The TSA is specifically objecting because the sight lines from this resort would be um, of a pretty wide area at the airport, including concourses. There are concerns about safety measures. I suppose someone with weapons and laser pointers and Mm -hmm. any number of things could cause havoc. Um, So we'll see whether they don't have regulatory approval, but they can object and then the gaming control people and the Clark County regulators can look at it and decide whether or not they want to go forward with it. So we'll see whether or not anything comes of these objections or how they sort them out. This property to begin with kind of seemed a little bit on shaky ground. So until it's going up, I'm not that, I I barely care, which is kind of the reason that I didn't get to it last week. (laughs) So, Was it conscious or subconscious? Yeah. So we shall see what happens with Dream. But right now there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty, a little bit of additional uncertainty about that particular resort. All right, before we jump, before we get out of here, actually, I, I keep, I know I keep saying we're going to get caught up on calls. I didn't, I didn't get around to pulling them this week, but I know we have some. Uh, but instead, I wanted to discuss a new book that just came out in the last couple of weeks. 
that our listeners may be interested in, and I thought it would be good to talk about this um, so that people can weigh their options as far as whether or not they want, whether or not they want to dive in and read this particular Vegas book. It is called. Let me pull it up here. It is called The Caesar's Palace Coup. How a Billionaire Brawl Over the Famous Casino Exposed the Power and Greed of Wall Street. Ooh. <laughs> Controversial. Yeah, it came out on March 16th. So, And it's by, I'm going to butcher probably their names, uh, Sujit Indap and Max Frumas. So if you're looking for that, you can find it on Amazon and all the other locations. Uh, I'm about halfway done with the book, but I thought I'd read enough to at least give uh, an educated opinion an informed opinion on whether or not it would be of interest to our listeners. And the answer to that question is somewhat. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But it is very much a business and Wall Street focused book with Las Vegas as sort of a secondary. It's not a light read is what you're saying. Very much not a light read. It's very in-depth and detailed about things like debt structures and corporate structures and organizational charts. So someone with my attention span would not do well with this book. Yeah, you have to really be into the wheelings and dealings of Wall Street Mm -hmm. to get into this book. There is some things, uh, there are some things about, you know, Caesars and, and the way that it operated that are a little bit less technical that are interesting. Some of the stuff, uh, this is from the Gary Loveman era, so it really, it's about, um, a little bit about Gary Loveman coming on board and how he, uh, really pioneered the players club and making it much more data driven mm-hmm. and figuring out what incentivized players. There's a little bit about that. Um, but then it really gets into him being involved in engineering this takeover by Apollo and TPG. And then from there on, it's a lot of the company restructuring. They took on so much debt. They were continually shuffling things around to make the property or at least the different companies look more attractive than they were. And it ended up in bankruptcy, but, and that's not ruining anything. That's widely known. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is the, the strategy behind why things were shuffled from place to place. There's one interesting story about, it's a whole chapter about the Britney Spears residency and how that was going to affect the value of one of the companies. So they were kind of holding off on what they were calling Project Songbird, which is hilarious um, because they didn't want to increase the value of the resort before it was shuffled off to this other company. And um, so there's some interesting things in it like that for a Vegas nerd. But like I said, if you don't have a pretty solid interest in Wall Street deals and that kind of thing, you you probably it'll probably lose you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Just so that's the nature of the book. It doesn't say anything it's nothing negative about like the way it's it's really well researched, really well written. Thumbs up on all that. I just want to caution people that if they're if you're looking for a quick light read, this is not it. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, there were some books but- if you're really interested in that stuff, you would get something out of it. I'm sticking with it. I like I like it, even though I don't understand a lot of it because I'm just not in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I like some of that. It's it's interesting to know some of the whys behind this. But 
it's very complex. So, so many of the chapters start out with an organizational chart that shows, okay, this is the part where they shuffled these four resorts into this company underneath this, uh, you know, as a sub company underneath this thing. And then it goes into detail about why. So it's, which a, I appreciate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting if you're wondering how, what the flow of this whole mm -hmm. saga was, but yeah, it's not a light read. And, um, if you're just a, a, you know, a, a Vegas dork, but don't have any interest in the business side of things, it, it's probably not for you. But as far as a business book and a wall street behind the scenes, like if you're, if you were into like the big short or something like that, mm -hmm. that would probably be a comparable kind of thing. You know, it's, if you if you like that movie or I am I guessing that was a book. I never read the book, but I saw the movie. Um then this might appeal to you as well. So there you go. That's my half assed review of the Caesar's Palace Coup, available now on Amazon and everywhere. Thank you to the publishers for sending me a an advanced copy to review. I appreciate that. Uh let's see. We've got some karma donations this week. We have a karma donation in the form of uh delicious delicious beer yeast and, samples and sweat oh yeah yeast samples i'd like to thank jeff he's one of the founders of a brewery in georgia called silver bluff brewing sent me some samples some sent sent, sent a couple uh couple glasses some stickers and stuff and uh yeah delicious i during the chat last night i had the half of Ison, and it was very very good maybe that was responsible for my Oh, you were chatty before you even cracked that open, though. Okay. Well, it contributed, mm -hmm. and uh, it was great. So anyway, if you're in the Brunswick, Georgia area, they have a tap room there. They do really good work. I would recommend you check them out. And w and if you do go there, if you go to Silver Bluff Brewing, tell them podcasting's Tim and Michelle sent you. <laughs> and then let us know about the blank stares you received when they don't know what the hell you're talking about because that would be delightful. I would just love, I love that in my mind. So what are you going, hey, like they're in the know. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, I came here because of podcasting's Tim and Michelle. And it's just some some person just going, who? Okay, great. Can I get you a menu? <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks a lot, Jeff. We appreciate it. Yes. A karma donation from Zeb who's heading for Vegas uh, heading to Vegas on March 28th, one night at Cosmo. Then he's heading to Laughlin for some reason I don't understand. And then coming back and spending a <laughs> night at M Resort. I hope your whole journey is excellent and you have a good time. And uh, good luck to you. Daniel, lucky enough to be heading back for his second trip in a month. This time for the NCAA tournament, which is happening right now. Have you seen those pictures? Yes. Ooh, Vegas is packed right now. Oh, yeah. It gives me uh, it gives me anxiety not mm -hmm. only because of the pandemic but also just because. Oh my God! Like I didn't. We had pretty much sworn off. When was, was four years ago? The last time we went for March Madness. I think so. A couple of people have sent me pictures of uh, us from, mm -hmm. that trip, from that trip, and I think that was the last the last one. And we kind of decided we were Which done with we that. We had crowd. a good time up to a point And then we're like, Oh, this is too many people. I like a little more solitude mm -hmm. in my vacationing. Uh, even if it is in a chaotic environment like Las Vegas, but it looks like it looked four years ago. There's a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. And there was a picture of, of uh, the, the pools at Circa that were absolutely filled with dudes. 
I think it was on Reddit. It might have been on Reddit or another message board or something where someone zoomed in and they counted nine females who weren't employees. The rest was mm-hmm. all dudes. Who referred to it as hot dog water? I did. Ah, yeah. Nice. If it wasn't for the filtration system that they have at Surf Atlas, <laughs> it would just be like a giant pan of hot dog water. Uh, so yeah, I hope you have a good time during March Madness. Yes. Too much for me right now. Uh, Carbon donation from Claire and Adam. They were on their way from L.A., so they were there for the big weekend of basketball. I don't know. Why do I not care about the tournament this year? I usually love it. I Even if I don't, I'm not a big mm-hmm. college basketball guy, I usually love the tournament. I watch it, and this year I do not give a shit. I don't know why. Huh. Yeah. I haven't watched any of it. A vested interest. You're not gambling on it. There aren't. Any, you don't have a bracket. I haven't done. But there have been other years where I haven't. I mean, I used to have always have a bracket. But like last year, I don't think I had anything, and I still last watched. year nobody had anything. Oh, that's right. Last year didn't happen. <laughs> Two years ago, that's right. I saw something on Twitter where one of the announcers um, said one of the teams hadn't been in since 2019. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> really, way back in the last tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some I for some reason it just didn't. It's not appealing to you. I don't know. That bums me out because I, I I like it, but I can't force myself to Ever care. since Moorhead State got knocked out. You're not into it now that yeah. Moorhead is gone? Uh, anyway, so yes, Claire and Adam were headed to Las Vegas, and uh, they are there right now at Bellagio at Cosmo. Hope you have a wonderful time. Yes. I just got another one, another uh, karma donation just before we started recording. So Matt and Gail, karma donation for a trip coming up at the end of the month. Excited to finally be back in Vegas after so many months of extreme fuckery and said, thanks for all you guys do. And please give Max a belly rub for us. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. He will appreciate that. He is currently resting comfortably in the other room. Max has really settled down during the podcast. He was over by the door observing and, Nobody else can um, hear that except for us. That's our end music. I was concerned <laughs> that he was going to bark at a squirrel or or a leaf or something. I thought he was going to return to his old ways, but nope. He just he hasn't had a a lengthy outburst in a long time. Where I've been like, "Fuck, we've got to stop recording now." Mm-hmm. So he's finally maybe he's finally settling down. I've said that four hundred times during Max's <laughs> lifetime with us. Oh, maybe he's finally <laughs> settling, settling down. down. I don't know why I get my hopes up. Anyway, thank you, as always, for joining us. You can find our website at 500bymidnight.com. You can send us Dear Tim and Michelle questions, if you'd like, at 500 at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm 500. She is Anita Martini. And, of course, as always, the voicemail line is still open for your reviews. We like to get them. We like to hear them. We will be playing them soon. 702-866-9494 if you have thoughts or other things you'd like to share. That's it for this week. As always, thank you for listening, emailing, commenting, and calling. We do appreciate it. We will be back soon with another show. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.